Our call to worship this morning is in Philippians 4, second part of verse 11 through 13. In your pew Bibles, it's page 1087. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. For I know I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Today's New Testament reading will be from Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, and you can find it in your pew Bible on page 1,115. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In the gospel reading be from Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, and your pew Bible 899. Come to me, all, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. We have a paradox we live with. It's this idea that Jesus has done the work for us. He has paid the penalty. He has come in the flesh. He's walked among us. He's given us the correctives we needed to hear and see. He's been willing to go even to Calvary. He's paid the penalty. He's laid down his life suffered and died not sure of his fate resurrected the third day and ascended and there's a part of us that wants to just talk about that there's a part of us that wants to embrace that maybe a big part of us and not hold it in tension with the rest of the story. Jesus had his cross to bear. It's true. And he invited each of us to take up our crosses and follow him. And what that would imply to me is that we have our crosses to bear too. We live in the tension not only between the now and the not yet. We live in the tension between the work that Jesus has done and completed and our rest in him and the cross we must bear. 
the race we must run, the life we're called to live, the service that's waiting for us to render. Do you feel the tension? Do you live with that tension? In the old terms that we used to use in church and in Bible studies, justification, sanctification, big words, it became clearer that justification was that process by which we were made reconciled and made whole with God. We were forgiven in justification. But sanctification was going to be that process that moved us into Christ's likeness. You see, just because you say you're sorry doesn't mean now you're the spitting image of Jesus Christ. He wants to place his image in you, and that image needs to be built over time. And so I sense the tension. I feel it. I've lived it. It's been a part of me that has wanted to just rest in the work that Jesus has done. And there's part of me that has been tempted at different parts of my life to do all that I can that I might not be disqualified, to somehow earn it. Either extreme is not going to work. We know that we can't earn it in our hearts of heart, even though some of us may look and act and move as if we think we could. We know that in ourselves, we're never going to be quite good enough. That's a given. But we live with a tension that I want to explore this morning. Turn in your Bible to Acts 20. And the little product placement thing here, uh, in case you were for the video, you know. We need the sponsorship money, frankly. I know in the bulletin it says we've raised all of our budget so far this year. That is a lie. We've got a long way to go budget-wise. And uh, the offering at the end of the sermon today is for church budget. So... In addition to the value of my product placement today, hopefully we can kick in some cash and, and uh, bring things to a, a higher level. In Acts 20, I'm going to start in verse 22. Paul describes what it is that we all live. He says, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. You see, he carried his cross everywhere he went. And he was certain that at any moment he might be placed upon it and hung on it. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I might finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's Grace. Now that lays it out perfectly, doesn't it? The task that he's given is to testify of the grace of God, that same grace by which we come to rest in the work that Jesus has done. 
We are recipients of this grace. We experience this grace and we live out this grace by taking up the cross that made it possible. Testifying to the love and grace and goodness of God. I have a sermon some of you have heard, I've spoke it many years ago, called Speaking Well of God. Letting the way in which we live in the world testify to the beauty and grace of our Lord and Savior. Notice that Paul is actually under threat of bodily harm. We talk about a time of trouble, and there may come a day when Christians face bodily harm in this country, but we're a ways away from that yet. And yet, how many times would we compromise for something far less than bodily harm? How many times would we turn our face or our backs on the gospel for a moment under pressure? Job pressure, social pressure, peer pressure, the whining of our children. In verse 19, he says, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested. Severely tested. The road we're called to walk, the cross we're called to carry, isn't always an easy one. This in contrast with the text we read in Matthew, and if you could turn there, that would be great. Matthew 11. Here's the passage we like more than the one in Acts. Much, much bigger fans of this one usually, I think. In Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, which was just read for us, Jesus makes the invitation. Now notice what he says. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Heavy laden, it says in the King James. It sounds like he is saying that even if you don't come to him, you're going to be carrying something. Even if you haven't accepted his grace, there's a burden on your back. Even if you haven't chosen the way, the truth, and the life, there's going to be hardship and difficulty. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will place you deep within my rest, my peace I give you. Enter into my Sabbath rest. And here's how we do that. Take my yoke upon you. Do you know what a yoke is? Any of you been to um, some of the Old West museums or been around antique farm equipment at all? You know that a yoke was a beam that was shaped to go around the neck of a pair of oxen often with wooden hoops that went underneath the neck of the ox and with ways to harness a plow or whatever needed to be pulled to the yoke that the ox might use his strength to break ground or whatever other task needed to be done. So it's interesting that Jesus uses this term. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. 
That's part of the task, isn't it? How do we testify about who he is? How do we speak about what it is that he's brought? How do we have a testimony that's personal at all if we haven't come and learned from him? The disciples had to do this. Three years they were with Jesus, and we often make note that it seems that even to the end they still didn't get it. It wasn't until later that they began to really comprehend. For I am gentle, Jesus says, and humble in heart, and you will find rest into your soul. That's powerful, isn't it? What's humble in heart? Another translation for that would be meek, right? Isn't that a quality Jesus praised in the Beatitudes? Blessed are the meek for what happens to them. They're going to inherit the earth. I, uh, I know Gandhi said it more eloquently, but the bottom line is that every tyrant, every oppressor, every kingdom that's arisen that's exercised dominance and control and power, every cruel being that's ever come into political power and exercised that horribly on the masses, whether in genocide or some other atrocity, every one of them has fallen. They've all come to an end. And love is still here. And grace is still here. And the power of community is still here. The presence of spirit is still here. This is why the Bible speaks of kingdoms coming and going. We want to think of it as a succession moving us forward prophetically, and maybe that's fine. But the real crux of it is, is that God's kingdom is forever. It's the rock that crushes all others. I'm gentle, humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Ah, and this passage, the one we don't always believe. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But Jesus, I don't want a yoke. You carried a cross. Why should I have to carry one? I don't want to be bound, obligated, tied to, hitched. I want to be free. I thought there was freedom in Jesus. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. But a burden's a burden. I'm going to carry a burden. What difference does it make? My burden is light. And then in chapter 12, Jesus talks about being Lord of the Sabbath. And we know that he invites us to enter into his Sabbath rest. But before we get it all to that, let's think a little bit more about this burden being light. You see, if we are connected to Jesus, that is to say, if we're yoked to him, the task is to learn of him. And as we learn of him, our task becomes then to share the story 
of his grace and redemption. And as we are connected to him, yoked to him, tied to him, the burden is lifted and becomes light because every step becomes easier. Now, you can only know this experientially. My, one of my uh, people I admire most in the world who passed away this last year, Dallas Willard, speaks of the light burden. You see, it isn't about some grand gesture. It isn't about something we do that's tremendous for Jesus in one piece. It's not about, uh, you know, a huge gift that's brought. It's about a journey. It's about a choice you make when the cash register, the clerk at the uh, grocery store pulls five extra dollars out of the register as part of your change. It's the choice you make when you're deciding whether to deduct something from your taxes or not. It's whether that light was, well, I, I can't go there. That wouldn't work for me. I run orange lights all the time. And it's not trivial, and that's a trivial example. It's much deeper, isn't it? Will you love when you feel hate? Will you act in consideration when all you feel is rage? Will you take the heaviness of the burden of rage and hate and lust and violence and all the things that goes through the human psyche, and will you lay that on Jesus and pick up his burden and learn of him? Will we put aside everything that kept us from succeeding in the past and let him be our teacher? This is what he's asking. This is what he's promising. This is what he's saying. Trust me. Give up your burden for mine. Take my yoke. Learn of me. It's going to be worth it. Every step you take is going to be easier. Everything you let go of is going to make your load more bearable. Everything you trust God with is going to be held in safety. We read these texts, he who began a good work in you is able to complete it. What does that mean? Where are we headed with that? You see, he can begin a good work in us at any time, but are we yoked? Are we in it for the journey? Are we willing to tow our crosses along with us? Are we willing to trust him and give him glory. This is the tension that we live in. The tension between adopting a life of discipline that makes the yoke easy and resting in Jesus. Because it feels paradoxical. Have you ever said to yourself, and this is appropriate for nominating committee time, Boy, if I'm to rest in Jesus, why is it that I always feel tired around all I do at church? Some of you are so busy with church. Thank you, by the way. And maybe that's worth reconsidering in some degree or another. 
When Jesus calls us to do something for his kingdom, when he calls us to service, when he calls us to be involved, he gives us strength. He gives us capacity. He gives us perspective. He gives us the ability to say no, and he gives us the rest. He gives us the peace. He gives us the hope. Ah, there's nothing like tepid tea. Was that a bad endorsement for product endorsement? Okay. I don't want to labor this longer than I have to. I think you all experience this and you all know this. On the one spectrum, there's the I'm doing too much. This isn't restful. And on the other spectrum, some of you have yet to decide to be yoked. Some of you are not ready for the journey. Some of you can't find your way to service. And that's where you are. We're going to pray that God continue to work and move in your life. Because the race that we're called to run requires that we give up our lives for his. That we die with Christ and experience his resurrection. It requires that we're yoked to him and learn of him. It requires that we carry the burden that he gives us to carry because we know it will be lighter than the one we carry. We move to, from darkness to light, from destruction to glory, from degradation to honor. We move through life, learning of him, sharing him, and experiencing the burden that's light, the yoke that's easy. Don't choose it because it is that. Remember what Paul said. I know that in every city I go to, I face bodily harm. Know what Paul said. I have been crucified with Christ. Know that the journey isn't easy in the sense of no effort. But it's easy in the sense that when we learn of him and we grow in him and we trust him and we partner with him, he works in and through us. Let's bless the Lord for the many ways in which he's loved us, cared for us, blessed us, equipped us, Thank you. And now may we live in this tension of the yoke made easy and the rest we have in Jesus. Thankful for all he has done. Amen.